Dear listeners, Sairam and greetings from Prashanti Nilayam. Welcome to our radio program, Afternoon Satsang. This is a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12.30pm Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion is on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 30th October 2014 Have a listen please Sairam dear listeners it is with humility love and great joy that i would like to welcome you all for another segment of afternoon satsang we begin this week's ramayana satsang offering our most humble pranams at the lotus feet of our dear swami and offering our prostrations to lord shri hanuman who is ever present wherever the glory of lord shri ram is sung and as always we begin this week too by singing and enjoying the glory and beauty of the ramanama the name of lord shri ram श्रीराघवम दशरथात्मजमे सीतापति रघुकुलायरत्नदीपम आजानुबा more thrilling than listening to that padyam being sung every week before we start such a beautifully composed padyam and every time it is sung you remember the time when swami asked for it and swami was enjoying it so much isn't it yes prem you know and uh, today as i was listening to that padyam one beautiful thought struck on how it is actually light over darkness where mm-hmm. darkness symbolizes ignorance and that is the only evil thing in the world if we can say so that is the evil that is there in ignorance and dispelling ignorance is wisdom the light 
lighting the atma jyoti there is a word that comes you know in this shloka the padyam that we heard just now where it praises rama as nishachara vinashakaram one who destroys nishachara and nishachara if you see it means nisha is night chara is one who roams one who abounds in the night so in one sense it means the demons the mm-hmm. rakshasas so rama destroyed the rakshasas with his bow and arrow so that is one meaning the other meaning because it can also mean one who destroys those who wander about in darkness in the sense rama is the one who helps us discover the atma rama within each one of ourselves lights up the atma jyoti and helps us get over this sin called ignorance absolutely and uh, i think we've spoken so much about the inner significance of the ramayana itself that is the very idea of going through the story because each of the characters of ramayana each of the episodes in ramayana call out to us with a very very profound message in fact a couple of clips will be playing from a discourse i think which swami gave sometime in 2002 in that discourse swami was repeatedly making one statement he said the vedas are the ramayana the ramayana is nothing but the direct reflection of the vedas and if you keep this ever in mind and then read the story of ramayana or listen to the story of ramayana you will understand the complete import of it and uh, honestly i don't really understand what swami meant by it is the essence of the vedas because i really don't know what is the essence of the vedas unless we really dwell into it and read swami's message you may not be able to understand it but the very fact that something like the vedas as profound and as vast as the vedas can be expressed in the form of a simple story which we have been hearing from our childhood the very thought of it is indeed very thrilling and uh, when you say that swami has said that the entire vedas are represented by the ramayana it just makes us even more humble and offer our prayers at his lotus feet that swami definitely if at all you know any part any light of the veda is supposed to come out during the satsang it has to be only through you because as you rightly confessed neither of us have any idea about what the essence of the vedas are and it is only swami's infinite love and compassion that we have been exposed to all this i was just wondering you know even as you said that as to what would have happened to us had swami not called us unto himself really that thought itself is so gratitude evoking it makes one feel like falling on one's knees and just expressing gratitude to swami swami i know you swami and thank you so much for that i just don't know how i can thank you for just this one fact that you gave me this opportunity to get to know you very true i think in the past couple of days i've been thinking what would you answer in response to somebody who comes up to you and says you know why do you need god in your life <laughs> you know somebody who is living in the world and let's say everything is going fine with him or her if there's nothing to be worried about and they come and ask why do i need god in my life i think in response to that the only thing which was coming to my mind was the analogy which we gave last time from swami's discourses of a dark room with obstacles all around the place you know the guru comes switches on the light in the room hmm. with that he enables you to live your life in a manner which is so much more comfortable and meaningful i think that is what the presence of swami brings to our life because we might find pleasure otherwise we might find happiness otherwise but to find fulfillment and find meaning and purpose i think that difference is what swami brings into all our lives why i am saying this is because if we look at the ramayana you will see that the perspective which swami brings brings in lot more meaning to it and lot more relevance to our lives when we go through the story of ramayana exactly last time when we were going through this beautiful story we had stopped at that point when emperor dasharatha after consulting with his ministers and the other courtiers has decided to announce that he will be crowning rama as the heir apparent for the throne so that 
Rama can start shouldering the responsibilities as a king. He will be the Yuvaraja, soon to become the Raja, the Maharaja. And so there is a great elation in the heart of Emperor Dasharatha and he has decided that in a few hours from now, this news will be made public. There will be drum beaters who will be going to every corner of Ayodhya with the joyous tidings that Rama is going to be crowned as the Yuvaraja and he will be the emperor next after Maharaj Dasharatha. So that is where we had stopped saying that this is a very, very, very vital point in the story of Rama because it is climactic as well as anticlimactic and the thing is the distance or the time difference between the climax and anticlimax is very, very short. Things happen, it's a roller coaster ride that happens and a lot of important lessons to be learnt and a lot of wonderful perspectives that Swami has given regarding the happenings that occur after this. So that is what we will be delving into today. And one hint Swami drops in that narration so far is Swami explains the reaction of Lord Rama when he is told that he is going to be coronated the next day. Mm. Where Swami says that there is no elation in his response. There is no, you know, jubilant excitement in the way he responds to that news. In fact, he says, why do we have to do it in a hurry? Why don't we wait till my brothers come back? Why don't we wait till the kings around, you know, the, the vassal kings can come and participate? But he doesn't show excitement. So Swami just hints there because that is again going to bring out a beautiful characteristic and uh, of the personality of Lord Rama. This is another beautiful aspect about Swami as a writer. See, we, we are sometimes so lost. It's a good thing to be lost that way. But we are so lost about Swami being our Lord that we forget that, you know, as a writer, as a poet, Swami excels. Many of the novels, mystery novels that we read or even, you know, when we read the works of Kalidasa, this is a literary technique where, you know, subtle hints of what is going to happen is already dropped in there. You know, in a modern context, if one were to take, for example, the adventures of Sherlock Holmes, if you read through, throughout there are already hints that are dropped of what is going to happen. It is left to the intelligence and subtle intelligence, both of the reader to be able to find out beforehand only and not get surprised when some things happen. But invariably, everyone ends up feeling surprised when an anticlimax or climax happens because they fail to read through those subtle hints that have been dropped before. But a great writer always drops these hints because that is what makes people want to read that. You know, because the writer has said it all. Are you intelligent enough to decide for it and get to know it. So, in that way, you know, Ramkata Rasavahini also definitely displays Swami's prowess and excellence as a writer. And it is so amazing and beautiful. The other thing about writing, since we are talking about that, I remember one of the uh, famous movie makers or a script writer, he was saying uh, one mistake which generally people do when they write a script or when they make a movie is they don't maintain the consistency of the character or the personality of those characters. Hmm. You know, there is a sudden transformation. Suddenly somebody who is good, suddenly becomes evil. Somebody who's who's shown evil throughout the story in one moment is shown to transform and you know, the transformation can come as an understanding but the transformation is such that from bad to really good in just one moment or one scene. He said those are all wrong aspects in writing. But if you see Swami's uh, Ramkata Raswani at least the one which you're dealing with right now, if you go by that, the consistency with which Swami maintains the character of Lord Rama, the consistency with which Swami, no, he doesn't change the story. The story is still the same, the same old story of Ramayana but how he explains
expresses it without changing the characters of Rama, without changing the characters of Dasharatha, of Lakshmana, of you know the mothers Kaushalya and Kaiki, but bringing out the message without diluting even the message. Exactly, you know, especially especially the way Swami portrays Lord Sri Rama, it is so amazing. When we read any other Ramayana, all said and done, it appears as if you know Lord Sri Rama is actually a human being, of course, only born in a very special manner, but then leading life normally like anybody else. It's just that he is blessed with some divine qualities. So it appears as if a human is having a few divine qualities and that is what is Lord Sri Rama. But when we read Swamis, it is the divine having a few human qualities. In the sense, it is almost like God is putting on the human vesture with all the human qualities in order to show how a person can lead an ideal life as a man with all human qualities. So, while in the other Ramayanas, if we can say, it is almost as if the human has some divine qualities. In Swami's Ramayana, it is very, very clear. It is the divine that for the sake of a drama has put on human qualities. And coming back to the story, the point where we left off. As we said, the scene is this. Dasharta has won the confidence of the people with his decision that he's taking. In fact, an overwhelming response is what he receives when he says he wants to crown Lord Rama as the uh, Yuvaraja. Vasishta has also given his blessings. The next day is supposed to be the coronation. And at this point in time, Maharaj Dasharatha has not conveyed this news to any of his queens. Neither to Kausalya, neither to Sumitra, nor to Kaikei. Because he has not yet got the time. But you know, the power of the grapevine as they call it, because there are courtiers there who have heard it, the news begins to spread. And even though the drum beaters have not gone about, Emperor Dasharatha's idea is that first I inform my queens and they should be the first ones to hear this good news. After which, the whole town can hear it, the whole city, the whole capital can hear it, the whole kingdom can hear it. But already news starts percolating and so news already reaches the maid servants and the others at Kausalya's palace. And they convey to the Maharani Kausalya saying that, O Queen, we hear, they don't confirm it, but they say, O Queen, we hear that Emperor Dasharatha Maharaj has made plans to crown your son, Rama, as the Yuvaraja. And it is such a joyful thing for Kausalya to hear that she immediately starts distributing silk and gold. And, you know, in a state of joy, you want to share the joy with everyone else. And royalty in those days would do it by sharing their wealth. So, she starts distributing of various kinds to various maids and to the people to the courtiers whoever whoever meets Kausalya that day the queen Kausalya is bound to be gifted with bounty because she is in a very thrilled and enthralled mood because her son is going to be crowned as the Yuvraja and more than the fact that her son being crowned she is thrilled because she knows how loved Rama is to everyone and she knows how Rama being crowned as a crown prince is going to benefit the entire kingdom of Ayodhya and so she feels that it is necessary for the entire Ayodhya to rejoice because this is something very very good happening to the kingdom and again going back to the story uh, the narration of the story again Swami drops a lot of hints here in the sense the way Swami says how the news spreads you know as you said the maids carry the news to Kaushalya Sumitra comes to know of it and uh, it is gone to such an extent that in fact arranges for a ritual of Rama coming and giving away gifts to the Brahmins that has been arranged and Dasharatha comes and gives him a series of things to do he says you have to 
go and sleep in your apartments you have to sleep like a commoner you have to sleep on the floor you have to wake up early so which oh, yes. means swami says that first uh, dasharatha conveys the news to rama himself right huh. and the thing is quite a bit of preparations have already gone through and still kaikeyi is not been informed and i think that's a very important message which swami is giving news does spread news does percolate but it is very important for a leader to communicate his decision to the people who are very important in his decision making he should inform them directly before the news is carried to them because you never know how the news is going to be carried it is very important for a leader to convey and that's one thing which ami hints at in all this case all the direct stakeholders all the stakeholders have to be informed directly otherwise the case of chinese whisper will take place where in traveling from mouth to ear ear to mouth mouth to ear the actual message itself may get garbled and something that is 180 degrees the contrary may get conveyed right and that is what exactly happens in this case scenario here and throughout we will be able to see how a person who is innocent of the actual perspective can be given an entirely different perspective which is right opposite to what the actual truth is and it can be quite convincing too and this is carried out by a villainess if we can say so that because she has been considered as a villainess in every ramayana and the beauty of swami's ramayana is in swami's ramayana there is nobody like a villainess there is nobody like a villain everyone is a person everyone is a role playing its part because it's a divine drama that is the beauty of swami's ramayana but traditionally the villainess's name is manthara now manthara is the maid of queen kaikeyi and if we see the ramayana that is written by valmiki or tulsida or even kamban none of them actually give origin of manthara they say manthara came along with kaikeyi from the kekeya kingdom she has taken care of kaikeyi ever since she was a little girl and she is very attached to kaikeyi and she has great affection towards kaikeyi and therefore she undoubtedly is one of the closest and favorite maids of kaikeyi at the same time manthara is a hunchback she has a crooked body which many scholars say is a metaphor to indicate her crooked mind manthara apparently had the ability to twist anything into any form while uh, narrating it and therefore uh, they say that her twisted body is a metaphor for the twisted mind and twisted tongue she has so it is this manthara who through the grapevine gets to know about rama's coronation and she is wild and that is when she enters the chambers of kaiki to inform her of the news that she has heard you know and the way she starts that very uh, you know dialogue she comes in and says plans have been made to destroy your son you know <laughs> that's why she starts in the very first word she says is the whole royal family is plotting to wring the neck of your son and uh, kaiki is first of all she is uh, she's laughing at this remark of hers because she knows that there is nobody in that palace who can even think of such an act and but because manthara is very serious so kaikeyi asks back she says manthara what has happened has any harm befallen the king are my co-sisters that is kausalya and sumitra fine because if the king is fine kausalya and sumitra are fine and the princess of course how is rama i hope rama is fine because if the king the queens and the princes are fine then nothing of what you are imagining even a part of it cannot befall me that is the confidence that uh, kaikeyi he has and that is what she answers mantara right and that is when she says that i've just come past the royal chambers of mother kaushalya and sumitra and they are distributing wealth like never before something very very happy has happened for them happy 
fought them as happened and they are ruinous for right, you. which is ruinous for you and they are distributing wealth like never before so kaike is very excited she says what is the good news you know definitely there must be something very nice happening and uh, that is why they are celebrating and, and at that time when you know when mantara hears this mantara has got some very very devious plan in her mind and so she says oh kaike you are being so foolish you are innocent and this innocence i have seen ever since you have been a little girl because mantara has lived with her you know here you can see how she is pulling at the emotional strings and she says i have seen that and throughout you have been innocent and your innocence has been exploited time and over again but this will be an exploitation of a kind from which you will never recover because you will become a maid servant to kausalya and sumitra now as she says this kaikeyi is just not able to understand what on earth is happening she says mantara can you come to the point what is it why are you saying like this what has happened what evil has befallen that you are you know crying and bemoaning a bad fate for me that is when mantara says that you know kaikeyi the emperor dasharatha has decided to crown the son of kausalya that is rama as the crown prince as the yuvaraja for ayodhya the minute kaikeyi hears this she is unable to contain the joy bursting forth uh, she has almost like butterflies in her stomach goosebumps on her skin and so much joy in her heart that she takes out the necklace pearl necklace she is wearing and hands it to mantara and, and says mantara uh, i don't know what was this a joke or are you uh, what you are worrying about this is one of the best things that could have possibly happened and since you are the first one to bring this good news to me here i am rewarding you with this necklace mantara spurns away her offer takes and throws away the pearl garland pearl necklace which goes and shatters into smithereens and she again shouts back saying you are being foolish kaikeyi and uh, it's very interesting the way uh, as we said you know the, the character of kaikeyi how swami is maintained she's immediately so happy and she says she tells mantara that i don't know how happy kaushalya is but i am sure that i am much more happier than she is because rama is more fond to me than my very life than even bharata and this news that rama is going to be crowned as yuvraja is the happiest i've heard ever in my life and today is the happiest day of my life and as you said that's when mantra says that you know you have no idea what it is happening and then she starts realizing that this lady has to be convinced in a different manner so the same facts which are there as we said last week we spoke about the same facts which vasishta placed in front of dashrata saying that why the coronation should not be done immediately and how dashrata gave the rationale behind his knee jerk reaction why he wanted to do it immediately apparently knee jerk reaction right because he said that shubhasya shigram you know it is often said that if anyone wants to do anything good do it immediately this is a kind of you know practical advice also that swami has given once to a student swami saying that you know when you feel like doing something good do it immediately and when you feel like doing something bad you know it is bad but you can't resist swami says don't tell yourself that i'm not going to do it just delay it right because if you delay it long enough it will automatically become a denial and therefore conversely whenever you want to do anything good don't even allow a moment of delay to set in because you do don't know how things may change actually even when we look at the ramayana story it looks like even that one day seemed to be like a delay had dasharatha crowned rama as the crown prince immediately as he got the thought the ramayana would have been different an entirely different ramayana would have taken place but when we think only about this one point about doing things that are good immediately it shows that in the case of the ramayana even one day turned out to be a delay because things changed within that one day and the same facts uh-huh. mantra is coming in conveying but in a manner 
which is kind of conducive to the argument she's trying to place in front of twisted uh, and warped right, uh, in front of Kaike she says if really Yuvraja has to be anointed why should it be done in such a hurry why should it be done and it, it is not even told to you imagine Kaushalya knows she's distributing Mother Sumitra knows she's distributing uh, in happiness but what about you they've not even come and told you why have they made such a huge decision and they've not even informed you when the fact was that Emperor Dasharatha has not actually informed Kausalya and Sumitra right. and just like Manthara is informing Kaikei the other two queens have also been informed by their maids Right. that is one argument she places in front of her but again Mother Kaikei doesn't uh, accept this argument and doesn't give much importance to what she says then she explains that imagine such an important event do you think it would have been planned just one day before so she says it was not informed to you that is one thing maybe this has been planned months ago and it has been kept away from you for months imagine a truth which has been kept away only for a few hours now she's saying who knows it might have been planned one month back Kaikei actually you know counters this she says oh Mantara it is not as if that uh, it has been planned for months and uh, it is not as if major decisions are not taken spontaneously she gives the example of Rama's wedding she says look nobody had the slightest idea that Rama was going to wed Sita and when Rama's wedding with Sita got confirmed at the same time spontaneously all the four brothers wedding with the four wives that happened and it so happened even my father you know my own brother who came was not aware that a wedding is taking place so there has been a history of such decisions being taken spontaneously and then the second thing which she says is she says doesn't it appear to you a little mysterious that all this is happening after Bharata and Shatrubna have been sent away this decision could have been taken when they were there doesn't it appear like you know, too much of a coincidence that they were sent away exactly around this time and now a decision is being made to crown Rama and she adds on further you know if you can say salt and chili powder <laughs> to the mix by saying if you remember when Dasharatha married you he was already an aged person and your father was never keen on giving his beautiful daughter I know how beautiful you are I have taken care of you ever since you were a child uh, KK Raja never agreed but then you know it was the sages who convinced different sages Vashishta everybody the same people who are now you know there in even uh, planning Rama's coronation it was because a lot of promises were made especially the promise that the son born to you would be made the successor of the dynasty at Ayodhya it was after this promise was elicited from Emperor Dasharatha that your father gave you in marriage to Dasharatha what happened to that promise is this not the clan that prides itself on keeping up its word forget making your son the emperor how is it that you have not even been informed forget actually they are supposed to take your permission instead of taking your permission they have not even informed you and such a major decision has been taken you are already relegated to the background I only shudder to think how further relegated you will become once Rama becomes the crown prince and Kausalya becomes the mother queen and then you know all this while slowly mother Kaikeyi is kind of giving more attention to what Mantra is saying you know, one who is very dismissive in the beginning slowly she keeps there seems to be a connection between all that she's saying and then finally uh, Mantra says that you speak so highly of that Rama you say he's so dear to you why didn't he come and inform you isn't this the happiest thing in his life why didn't he come and inform you if he looks up to you as equal to his mother you say greater than his own mother right. but at least if you are equal to his mother when he has conveyed to Kausalya why can't he convey it to you Right. again you know here is a wrong assumption that Rama has conveyed to Kausalya which is not true 
reading this whole uh, sequence of dialogues between it's actually a monologue you know and kaike is just listening you know prem i got the uh, feeling that whenever we come across a situation which is explosive like this which is having a strong opinion i feel we should definitely have the calm the peace the fortitude to always keep reminding ourselves that there is another side to the story and i will not take any decision i will not make any opinion i will not be hasty in rushing towards action unless i get to hear the other side also however weak or however inconclusive it might be but till i hear the other side of the story i will not come into a conclusion i feel this is a message that comes very strongly when we read these dialogues because it becomes so evident that to an intelligent person you know swami says today's education has created many cunning devils instead of intelligent people who can use intelligence in a positive manner it has created devils who know how to use intelligence in such a manner so that they incite you ignite you or take you to the path of ruin because such intelligently mantra places her arguments that everything which actually what we discussed also two weeks back in the satsang everything is twisted and warped to make it look as if the king emperor dasharatha his other queens rama everybody are in cahoots with each other plotting out something to bring about the downfall of kaikeyi and that's a very interesting thing about you know the aspect of doubt itself when doubt comes into your mind when somebody is successful in putting a little bit of negative doubt in your mind you will see that everything that you see around you and you observe will kind of correlate with this doubt in your mind you know i remember when we were in uh in college there was a drama which we staged mm. which was about this aspect of doubt it okay. is a very simple thing it's supposed to be a little comical in that sense mm. where there is this man who kind of makes friends with a neighbor of his and this neighbor kind of poisons him against his own family he says mm. you know your brother he is not doesn't seem to be a very straightforward fellow he seems to be having some ulterior motive your wife seems to be like this you know your children are like this so that doubt that there's something wrong in your family this man starts seeing everything around him with an uh, you know very suspicious uh, perspective and it so happens that this person's birthday was coming the next week and his brother is planning a surprise party for him so the dialogues all were written in such a way that you know if, if a person with doubt listens to these dialogues he would think that something like a murder against the brother is being planned something like you say is the knife ready and he calls up somebody and says will you be there to shoot okay. you know are you on time but actually all the while the rest of the family is planning a surprise birthday party for him but just the idea of when that doubt comes in what uh, was being tried to convey in the drama is that doubt was put even in the mind of all the audience and even the audience started seeing the whole drama like how the character in the drama was seen you know prem this is a, a kind of a technique that has been used in many movies right where an element of doubt is introduced in the beginning so that you are entirely off the actual plot because of the doubt i mean if somebody were to start watching the movie having missed the first 10 minutes of the movie and not having anybody else to bias them as to what has happened in the first 10 minutes the movie will hold no thrill at all it is that little doubt that makes the movie into a movie you know i have a very poignant and very i would not have dared to narrate this incident before but now that i have narrated this several times now in other audiences that now i have the courage to say it on air also you know this doubt is such a thing it can come in between the most intimate of relationships also you know after swami's mahasamadhi 
after the day when Swami left the physical, suddenly sometime Vibhuti started appearing in some of the photographs at home. And it was such a thrilling thing. It felt so reassuring. Let me tell you, Prem, that when Swami was physically in Prashantilya, when Swami was physically on the earth, I had never witnessed Vibhuti coming from photographs or any other thing at my home, though it has happened in many people's homes. So this started after Swami took the Samadhi and uh, all of us at home felt that possibly, you know, me, my wife and my parents felt that this is Swami's way of showing that he is with us. And it was all beautiful and fine till that dirty doubt came in, you know. It was such a terrible doubt, but the mind does it, you know. And you see, once the doubt comes, I'll show you how everything goes along that way. The mind just said a statement saying that, why is it that when Swami was physically there, means apparently more power, right? Swami is there, Mm -hmm. right? About 200 meters away from my house, there is Swami in the Yajur Mandir there. When Swami's presence was such vibrant and so close, that time Vibhuti never came. Now why is it coming? Mm -hmm. What has changed from that time to this time? Yes, Swami has left, but that should make it less probable. The other thing is, you have got married. Mm -hmm. So now there is a person in the house who is a relative newcomer, that is your wife. Okay. So mind, you know, it made it like a suggestion at first. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that, you know, your wife doesn't like to see you sad and so in your absence... She is just putting some vibhuti on the photographs so that you can feel the joy of Swami being and it's harmless, right? It's not harming anybody. At the same time, it's cheering everybody. It was just a little suggestion by the idle devil mind. It grew in strength, Prem. It grew in strength so much that every time after that, imagine one day I'm in office and my wife calls me and says, you know, Arvind, just come home. And uh, currently she goes for work. Those days for a few months, she used to be at home. Mm -hmm. And then I saw vibhuti coming from the photograph. I felt, oh my God, see, my first question is, who saw this Vibhuti? Pooja, they said. Then my mind says, naturally, because she is the one who put it, so she sees it first. After that, Prem, I know I don't want to go into those details, but every episode just reinforced in me stronger and stronger and stronger. So much so that one night, I actually asked her. I asked her, Pooja, how do you think Swami is coming to our home? She did not understand me at first. I asked, do you think he is coming in a subtle form or he is possessing somebody? <laughs> so she said, possessing somebody who? I said, for example, you. She was not dumb. She is smart enough and she understood instantly. She said, Arvind, are you trying to suggest that I am putting Vibhuti on the photographs? I said, no, not you. Swami through you. In an instant, there were tears in her eyes. She said, what is this? What is this you are saying? And then, you know, she went to the altar. She stood and she was standing there for five ten minutes. I went and asked her, what is it? She told me, I am telling Swami. Swami, stop sending Vibhuti and Kumkum anymore. Because that is coming in between a husband and a wife. It is causing problems between a husband and wife. So, no need Swami, no need of Vibhuti and Kumkum. This is what she said. And trust me, Prem, after that day, Vibhuti and Kumkum stopped coming. But the ugly doubting mind, the power is such that when I thought, oh my God, see what, what a thing I have done in doubt, the mind tells me, naturally, now she has stopped putting and therefore it has stopped coming. And then I was in that horrible situation where I have no way to prove to myself. And so I just left it at that, tormented by the fact that Vibhuti was no longer coming. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the mind is telling that, don't worry, you know, Vibhuti actually never came. It was only, it was only a prank and you are now proved yourself against such pranks. Mm -hmm. Then I remember one day it was about 2-3 weeks after that, Pooja was upset over something and uh, I was trying to console her. Something uh, she was affected emotionally and then I told her that, uh, you know, this prayer of surrender that is put up in front of the western canteen also. It is a beautiful prayer which, uh, I don't know, it's not from any one particular discourse but reading it gives great solace where Swami is asking, why are you worrying so much? Why do you behave like a patient who goes to a doctor and 
tells what remedy he wants trust the doctor and once you surrender don't worry about it because worrying shows you lack faith it's a long thing it's beautiful you can just google prayer of surrender satisai and you will get this beautiful thing which is so strength giving and it is so strength giving that both pooja and me decided to laminate it and place it in our altar so i told her you go and read this prayer of surrender it will make you feel better she said would you mind reading it for me so i said okay i'll read it out for you so i went to the altar pulled out this framed copy of this prayer of surrender and started to read it out now the puja room or the altar is part of our bedroom i was standing 1 foot or 2 feet outside the altar and i was reading this in the meanwhile my father entered the room and he wanted to place the silver lamps in front of swami which we light every day so he placed the lamps and even as he placed the lamps he asked me arvind what is this and i turned around and i had goosebumps prem exactly from the spot where i had pulled out that framed copy of the prayer of surrender was a 3 inch heap not of vibhuti but of bright red vermilion or sindhur mm-hmm. and you know it struck me so hard because there is a remote possibility that you may miss a heap of vibhuti because it's grayish and it may blend but bright red on blue you just cannot miss and it hit me and i said dad dad it, it was not here it has come and you know my dad my mom they are not flimsy like me they had not got uh, shaken by these doubts and all this so they were so thrilled that at last you know it has started coming again you know vibhuti or kumkum or whatever so he was so happy and i was trying to convince him that dad you know what this is this is real this is it was not that 20 seconds back it has come now and dad had a question mark on his face because he felt is that not how it comes always in the <laughs> sense he had never the doubt it was i who had the doubt and so for me my knee started shaking i rushed to my wife and said pooja pooja sindhur has come and she asked me oh you put it is it i said no no i didn't put it she said i know you're trying to patch up with me so possibly you put it so no problem i have forgiven you for that i said no pooja it has definitely come so she still had a kind of question mark on her face and i said how do what do i tell you to convince you how do i convince you of the fact then she smiled and said no i'm so happy that swami has done this because tell me arvind how do i convince you of it if you are in doubt you are in doubt and you are that's it nothing if you have faith you have faith that's it there is nothing logical about doubt there is nothing logical about faith and faith that's why is an experience and once you have it so that day changed so much and then after that prem on two three occasions i have actually seen it manifesting before my eyes not only at my home in one or two other places also where i happened to be live present when it was actually happening mm-hmm. and now with that knowledge when i look back i think you know how cruel i have been against my wife how terrible of me how horrible of me but then i realized this is not me because i feel i have so much love for my wife i am not a person to do this to my wife but that is what doubt does that is how terrible doubt is and that is why you know swami always says have faith and hold on hold on hold on because the minute the demon of doubt sets in ruin is sure confirmed 100% and i think the just exactly what doubt does to you pretty much the same but in the positive realm is what faith does to you you know doubt is something which you trust even when you do not have enough proof because the doubt comes in that even that you know sliver of proof is enough for you but the faith also is you know functions in the very similar manner when you don't have the proof in front of you but even a passing event or even some event which happened many many years back which showed you that it is worth trusting swami that is enough for faith to survive so i think exactly what takes you away in the form of doubt is what brings you close in the form of faith beautifully put prem but uh, that's exactly what mantra was doing because she was using events which were true 
events which had happened but stringing them in the way that only she could and twisting and uh, you know twisting the plot completely differently and placing it in front of Kaitya again it, it just comes to my mind that it all could have been sorted out if Dasharatha had done that first step of calling his wives and saying that this is why I've taken the decision this is why I want to do it tomorrow and this is why you know if if the whole argument which happened in that royal chamber in front of the important citizens and ministers had the queens been a part of it I think a lot of this argument which Mantra placed in front of Kaiki could have been tackled at least by Kaiki or her mind but that is point one the other point is even if Emperor Dasharatha made that mistake if Mother Kaiki if the queen could right. have thought about listening to the other side before taking a conclusion then also it could have been solved exactly of course you know Swami will take the plot to a different level a level that neither Valmiki nor Tulsidas nor Kamban ever imagined that is our good fortune because Swami gives those insights which only Swami will know because Ramayana is after all his autobiography we will come to that after after some time right now dear listeners we will take a break enjoy this song but do not go anywhere because we will continue some really beautiful facets and aspects that Swami has revealed after this break.
Welcome back, dear listeners. We are in a very interesting point in uh, the narration of Ramkatara Swaini. We've come to the point where Mantra is kind of convinced Kaikei about the plot which is going behind her back. And slowly and, you know, in a very slimy manner, she has managed to convince Kaikei. And Kaikei is now beginning to listen to Mantra. I think the importance of this argument between, or this dialogue between Mantra and uh, Kaikei is that in what all ways evil tries to convince you. you know, because the arguments which she gives initially she says that they're going to harm your son they say that you will be uh, relegated to the state of a maid you will no more be a queen because mother Kaushalya she will become the queen mother so she will get all the importance and Lakshmana because he's all the time with Rama Sumitra will get the importance of the second most important queen and then what will happen to you so her pride is being attacked and then she's saying that you know the love which you've been getting from the king the love which you've been getting from Rama all this is very superficial it's just a show right because they've not come and told you the most important event which has happened in their life. So all these things, these are the ways in which evil tries to convince you because it tries to tell you that people are trying to attack your pride, people are trying to attack you, people are trying to attack things which are dear to you, people whom you think are yours. When you look at it from another perspective, Prem, it's almost as if evil gets into people through weaknesses which are ego, pride, attachment, greed. So all these Arshad Vargas which Swami says Kamakrodha, Loba, Moha, Madamatsaryam all these are weaknesses through which evil finds expression. So, if we guard ourselves against these, then evil will find it hard to find expression through us. Exactly. And the final thing which Mantra says, you know, she plays up, she tells Kaikeyi, fine, in spite of all this, if you want to see the coronation of Rama and be satisfied and happy with it, I am going and consuming poison. I don't want to see you become a maidservant in the very palace where you lived as a queen. You know, all the more earning the sympathy of Kaikeyi, making her feel that here is one person who is really bothered only about her well-being. And it brings in that sharp contrast where whomever Kaikei seems to be revering and respecting and loving, none of them have had apparently the courtesy to come and talk to her anything. And here is the only person who cares for her and who has been with her since childhood and telling her everything. And apparently Kaikei doesn't seem to be paying even little heed to her words. So that contrast is too much for Kaikei to bear. So she rushes to Mantara and says, I'm convinced Mantara, I'm convinced. Yes, you really have my well-being at heart and that is enough for me. So tell me now what I can do. You have told me all the problems, but still what does that leave me with? What options do I have? What is it that I can possibly do? That is what she asked Mantara. And that is when Mantara says that, you know, this is a good time for you to ask for those two boons which Dashratha had promised you. What were those two boons? I mean, you know, the situation in which it happened, uh, I, I don't know, we mentioned before, Dashratha was one of the strongest warriors in the earthly realm. And many times he would be uh, requested to fight on behalf of the Devas. You know, it was still that time where we always have these wars happening between the demons and the devas and Dashrata is one who is supposed to have fought on the side of devas many times when you know the, there was a call of duty it was one such occasion when I think Dashrata went and fought against an asura by name Shambara, Shambara. Shambara. that's yeah. how the story goes and he's supposed to have come from that forest which which again we'll have a mention later in the Ramayana the Dandakaranya okay. he's supposed to be one of the uh, demons who ruled in that realm so during that battle between the devas and the demons Dashrata was called and for some strange reason I think that was the time when Kaikeyi had newly got wed to Dashrata. Mm. And Dashrata was very attached to Kaikeyi compared to the other two queens. In fact, if we see the Ramayana written by anybody, not only Swami's Ramayana, it clearly states that among the three queens, actually, ironically, paradoxically, it was Kaikeyi who was closest to Dashrata. Right. More close than Kausalya and Sumitra. And it is really an irony, irony that uh, Kaikeyi feels neglected and she is angry. Exactly. And uh, so, 
for that battle which Ambara Velta Dasharatha goes Madhukaike says that even I would like to be a part of that I want to come with you so there I think there are two versions of that story where they say that during the battle Dasharatha is very badly wounded, wounded and uh, Kaikei takes the reins of the chariot she drives him away to safety and nurses him back to good health and then Dasharatha comes back and wins the battle with the demon that's of course one version of the story the other version is of course the more popular version I think where during the battle the pin which holds the wheels to the chariot kind of uh, gives way so at that moment you know the chariot should have crashed and uh, it would have led to the death of Dasharatha but what she does is she puts her finger in the place of the pin and holds the wheel intact and the battle continues and Dasharatha wins that battle Dear listeners we are giving you two versions because when we read the Ramkatha Rasavahini Swami uses neither of the two versions Swami just says that Kaikeyi is telling Emperor Dasharatha that I helped you during the battle which you won which you would not have won had it not been for me Right and at that point Dasharatha is so pleased with the Mother Kaikeyi and offers her two boons He says I am so pleased with you you ask me for any two things I will grant you mm. At that time Kaikeyi says that I have nothing that I need because you know I have a good husband I have a good uh, kingdom I am living in I have nothing lacking in my life but maybe I will reserve these two boons for a later date when maybe I will be in need of them So uh, Mantra tells Kaikeyi that this is the time for those two boons to be asked that's one thing and the other thing that Mantra reminds Kaikeyi is at the point when you were being married off to Dasharta it was promised to your father that Bharata will be crowned as the Yuvaraja mm. you know because uh, the father of Kaikeyi says that you know she is going as the third queen in a kingdom but what will give her importance in that kingdom and that's when he says that if you promise me that the son born out of her will be given the seat of the emperor mm. then I will give you in marriage and in fact uh, that's a promise which Dasharata gives and receives Kaikeyi in marriage so she reminds her of that too and she says that this is the time for you to ask for those two boons ask for two boons in such a way that your uh, son is coronated and Rama does not stay in the kingdom and at that point you know Kaikeyi suddenly again sinks back from the chair and she starts uh, weeping she says of course I would be really delighted if Bharata becomes the king but the very thought of Rama leaving this kingdom you know pains my heart in a manner which I cannot explain and that is when Mantara steps in and she says see Kaikeyi I am not saying that you have any kind of antagonism towards Rama I am not asking you to drive away Rama it is all connected to having Bharata as the emperor and then she tells her that you know see there is a rule that even if Bharata is made emperor the problem is Rama is the senior most he is the eldest and he has a natural claim to the throne and the stipulated period they say is 12 years within the 12 years any time it is possible that if Rama claims the throne Bharata is only a kind of a substitute ruler because he is after all the junior so within 12 years if Rama is staking his claim to the kingdom there is no choice Bharata has according to Dharma other than to abdicate the throne in favor of Rama so she says in order to protect the throne for your own Bharata it is important for more than a period of 12 years you should ensure that Rama does not stake claim for the throne and that is why she says therefore to be safe let us take 14 years for 14 years let Rama be in exile so that even after the exile when he comes back he no longer has the right to claim the throne and that is when you would have ensured you would have played your role as a mother because a mother has maximum love for her own son it is your duty towards your son to ensure his safety his his security as an emperor and therefore it is in that view that I am asking you that 
you ask the emperor to send away rama in exile for at least 14 years that is what she says and i think uh, even as she was saying that she would know that if the mother is so attached to rama bharata would be no less so having rama around and being asked to be the ruler you know definitely will not be a situation which will be possible so she knows that for bharata to rule to convince bharata to rule again definitely rama has to be sent away in exile and uh, this is the thing she finally convinces mother kaikeyi that this is the only way possible and it is time for you to now throw tantrums now go to the hall of anger is it hall of uh, yes it's called kopagraha right? kopagraha you know it's so beautiful prem i i felt this concept that there is a specific room in the entire palace where the queen is when she is upset or angry so that the king can know beforehand that a person is angry because the way you deal with a normal person is different from the way you deal with an angry person and the people in those days had such wisdom that when you are upset there is automatically a room so that first of all the person who is upset knows that he is upset or she is upset and the others also know that he is upset or she is upset because many times when a person is angry and you don't know that the person is angry it can lead to interactions which can cause more pain and unhappiness so when you know that a person is angry the way you deal will be totally different the other beautiful point is imagine they have a room which means only very rarely you actually get angry i feel if there was a, a kopagraha in my uh, my house possibly 10 times a day i'll be visiting it because <laughs> i did a kind of self audit and i realized at least 10 to 15 times a day i get angry for various things so it's amazing that people in those days used to get angry so rarely that uh, right. they could manage to have a separate room where they should be if they are angry definitely we can't afford such a room these days because we will have to keep visiting it so often i think technically that hall might have been quite uh, removed from the whole palace and that might have been a technique in itself that in the process of walking towards the room you might cool down a bit in fact one thing <laughs> i am just remi- reminded during a thrice session you know this is a problem that i keep facing and i have faced all my life the problem of anger anger that comes so fast i might control the expression of anger but not yet fully successful in controlling the arousal of anger mm-hmm. you know i may not express my anger but the anger somehow comes and that's also bad so i asked swami i said swami what what should one do when one gets angry swami said there are three things that you can do mm-hmm. he said the first thing he said is just go and look at your face in the mirror it will look so ugly it look like that of a monkey that automatically you will feel like changing your face and you will not feel like getting angry he said the second thing you can possibly do is go to the bathroom open the tap and in the shruti or the scale the pitch at which the water falls on the floor or the place mm-hmm. in that pitch sing a bhajan mm-hmm. he said if the third thing that you can do is go outside and run for 3 furlongs that you will not have the energy to be angry after that so these were the three uh, practical solutions that swami gave when you get angry one is look at yourself in the mirror second is open the tap and sing a bhajan in that shruti the third is run a long distance so that you are too fatigued to be angry i just thought i'll just share this i think that must have been one of the uh, techniques or the idea behind having a hall of anger and uh, coming back to the story so this is where the scene uh, kind of ends and maybe our narrative of the story ends here but going back to the character of mantara you know, many many things which is told about mantra what anger she had against rama to have such a boon asked of kaikeyi mm-hmm. was there any motive she had or was she as selfless as she was telling kaikeyi that she was there are two reasons which are often spoken of one is a reason which is beyond the birth which she was living as mantra and the one which happened when rama was a little child i think in the year uh, 2001 the ramnami discourse swami explained why mantra played that role of a villainess in that part of ramayana and i think we'll just play out that clip the audio might not be very clear but hopefully what swami says is quite clear kiki raju the king of kheda margam velinappudu when the king of aadamaga jinkal aadukuntunnai and they found the two day of play 
కేకేయి రాజు ఆ మగజింకను కొట్టాడు అండ్ ది కింగ్ ఆఫ్ కేకే హస్ హిట్ ది మేల్ డియర్ కాని ఆడకింకు ఏడ్చుకుంటూ తన తల్లి దగ్గరికి వచ్చింది ద ఫీమేల్ డియర్ వాస్ క్రాయింగ్ అమ్మ నా భర్తను మరింత చేశాడు ఈ కేకేయి రాజు అండ్ రిపోర్ట్ టు ద మదర్ నా గతి ఏంటి టెలింగ్ దట్ ది కింగ్ ఆఫ్ కేకే హస్ హిట్ ది ఒక విధమైనటువంటి యొక్క మరణించిన వాళ్ళని బ్రతికించేటువంటి యొక్క యంత్ర మాత్రం దగ్గర ఉంటుంది విచారించవద్దు అని కేకేయ రాజ్ దగ్గరికి వెళ్ళి అండ్ సో సేమ్ హి వెంట్ రాజాటువంటి పని చేయడానికి మంచిది కాదు It's not good for you to Maharaja will not do like that. You should not separate the couple. You should not separate the couple. This very separation will make you restless tomorrow. I don't want to be able to do this. I don't want to be able to do this. Just as I am suffering because of separation from my son-in-law, you will also suffer like this. I am going to be an instrument in this. మందరగా పుట్టి వసంత కుమారుడైనటువంటి యొక్క రాముని ఎడబాపించి అండ్ వాజ్ రెస్పాన్సిబుల్ ఫర్ ద సపరేషన్ ఫ్రమ్ సాంగ్ అతనికి ఆ విధమైనటువంటి దుఃఖాన్ని అందిస్తూ వచ్చింది అండ్ వాజ్ రెస్పాన్సిబుల్ ఫర్ ద మెజరీ ఒకదానికొకటి విచారణ చేస్తూ వస్తుంటే వేదం నుండి ఇలాంటి ప్రమాణములు అనేకంగా కనిపిస్తుంటాయి కనుక వేదక శాస్త్రం యొక్క పురాణముల యొక్క తత్వము అభినాభావ సోమీంగ్ the same grief that i am going through because i have lost my son in law and you too will grieve the loss of your son in law and i will be instrumental in that and sami says that that deer is born as mantara and because of her acts dashata loses his life and thereby brings the same grief to the king of kekia wow you know hearing this prem it just makes you wonder as to how complex this action reaction cycle is you know when they said that killing of one deer during a hunt i was just thinking we also had that satsang on vegetarianism so this was one angle that possibly we didn't discuss in depth as to the karma that one accumulates you know because when we consume non vegetarian food it's not only about we directly killing of course and sometimes we might directly cut the fish or the chicken or whatever and cook it but even if we are not directly involved in the killing by supporting such cruelty that is happening you know we spoke about how the uh, animal farms are where animals are grown the way food crops are grown and you know they are treated as if they are plants you know they are harvested yeah, they are threshed no they are thrashed right. yes 
this the brutal way so indirectly supporting it god knows what kind of karmas it might be making us accumulate and when we will not even be aware when we face the reactions to such karmas in our own life and at that time we wonder why are such things happening to us in life i mean that is one thing that came strongly to me as i heard swami narrate this incident because we often think that it was a sport in those days for kings to go out hunting and it was no big deal there were animals in abundance and the king would hunt animals but you see if you know in the divine design the killing of one deer could result in a ramayana <laughs> could result in the death of an emperor that is emperor dasharatha definitely the workings of karma are very very complex and complicated something which we cannot understand but something that we should be aware of and very alert against in the other story which is often narrated of why mantra does this you know double talk and why she convinces kaiki is that it is said that when uh, lord rama was a little child I mean, the story goes that he made fun of mantra as you described she was a hunchback with a contorted figure the story goes that he made fun of her when he was a little child and that kind of irks mantra and she says that one day i will take revenge and uh, you know being a maid servant there is no other way she could have taken revenge against a yuvaraja you know other than the way she did but even this story the way swami says it you know he started off by saying the, the consistency of the personality of characters which swami maintains the way swami narrates this story is very interesting swami says that rama never did it because it is not in the nature of rama to make fun of somebody you know prem this is something that i wasn't expecting you to speak mm-hmm. because i had no idea that this is something that possibly you are going to play a discourse right. there with. is a small i had no idea even as you started speaking i was just wondering oh my god in the beginning prem spoke about swami maintaining consistency of characters and right now he is speaking about rama mocking mantra which is inconsistent so you know actually i was planning now to speak mm-hmm. that prem this is what the story say but swami has not written it this manner mm-hmm. and wow you know even as the doubt arose in my mind you have cleared it with saying that swami the way he puts it is so unique it actually makes me very very eager and wanting to listen the perspective in which swami has placed this definitely i think we we'll listen to that this was part of the 1996 summer course the 22nd of may to be more precise we we'll listened how swami narrates this incident which made mantra angry and which resulted in what she did ప్రతి మంచి కార్యములకును ఒక చెడ్డ కార్యం అడ్డుదగుతుంటుంది ఫర్ ఎవ్రీ గుడ్ యాక్టివిటీ దేర్ విన్ అబ్స్టకల్ ఈ వైభవాలంతా చూచింది ఈ మందర మందర సాల్వ్ దిస్ సాల్వ్ దిస్ గ్రాండియర్ ఈ మందరకు రాముల పైన కోపము మందర ఇస్ యాంగ్రీ దేని కోసం వాట్ ఫార్ ఒక దినము కౌశల్య రూమ్ నుంచి తన యొక్క కైక రూమ్కు వెళ్తుందాది రోడ్డు లోపల one day she was proceeding towards kausalya leaving from kaikas house akkada okkokari bhavanam veru veru ga untuntadi the palaces were separate then kaani ramalakshmana bharata satrugulanta chinnappudu aadukuntu untunaru ballo ramalakshmana bharata satrugulanta or boys were playing with the ball idi ramulu kotte tappatiki aa yokka mandara veepuku poi tagilindi when rama had hit the ball it touched the back of mandara ramulu navvaledu రామదేవ్ లా కాని లక్షణ భరత శత్రువులు ఇంకా వీరితో ఆడుకుంటున్నటువంటి ఒక గ్రామ పిల్లలు కూడాను పక్కును నవ్వారు లక్ష్మణ భరత శత్రువు అదర్ బాయ్స్ లాఫ్ట్ ఇమిడియట్లీ ఎందుకోసం నవ్వారు వై డిడ్ ద లా మందర వీపుకు తగిలేటప్పటికి మందర ఎగిరింది ద మూమెంట్ బాల్ టచ్ ది బ్యాక్ ఆఫ్ మందర జంపింగ్ నవ్వినారు వాచింగ్ హర్ జంపింగ్ ది లా రాముని నన్ను ఇంత అవమానం చేసినాడు కదా అని చెప్పి ఆ నాటి నుంచి ఈ క్రోధం సాధిస్తూ వచ్చింది Rama has put me to shame since then she was angry with me. ఆ క్రోధాన్ని మనసులో పెట్టుకొని with that anger ఇంత కార్యానికి విరుద్ధానికి మూల కారణంగా అయిపోయింది. He became just the opposite. మానవునకు క్రోధం అనేటువంటిది శేషంగా కూడా ఉండకూడదు. Anger should not be there any trace. ఈ రామాయణమునకంత మూల కారణం ఈ రెండే. 
మహాబాధలు All the suffering that we find Ramayana is because of the separation. Kopa manetundi ginta chedadi. That anger is so bad. Kopa mugali gina variki. Ye paniyu phalimpa kundu. Ye gunu galugun. Papa pupanu lanu jeyu chu. Chi. Pommani pinchu kunta chekuru jumi. The one who is angry will never fulfill any of the task, will never achieve anything. He will have all problems and obstacles in committing sins. And he will lose his wealth. He will lose his respect. He will be separated from his own people. Because of anger, people will lose everything. కంప్లీషన్ ఆఫ్ దట్ జర్నీ 
So dear listeners, the time allotted for our segment is almost up. So we will conclude this week's Ram Katha Rasavahini. We will take it up after a fortnight and do tune in because this nectarous story of Rama is not just the story of an avatar, but it is your story. It is my story. It is the story of situations and things that we face in our life on a day-to-day basis. And Swami has so beautifully given insights and lessons that we can adopt to make our life more fulfilling more peace and more filled with the light of wisdom. With that, we offer this segment at the lotus feet of our beloved Swami as always and offer our gratitude to Lord Hanuman for always being present with us whenever the story and glory of his Rama is sung. We conclude with this song. Thank you. Jai Sai Ram.
You just heard an episode of our radio program Afternoon Satsang. This was a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12:30 p.m. Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion was on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 30th October 2014. Dear listeners, we hope you like this program. As always, send us your feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and loving Sai Ram from Prashant Nilayam.